Welcome to the EFCA West podcast. I'm Tim Jacobs, District Superintendent of EFCA West and your host for today's podcast. And before we get started, it is September 2022. And that means that next month is October. And we're going to be at the North Coast Leadership Conference in Vista, California. And we would love for you to be there with us. A lot of our EFCA West churches hang out out there. And it's a chance to hang out together, be together, see each other. I know we just were, many of us were there last June, but hey, why not go back? And always um, very rich time of learning and connecting with people. So go to northcoasttraining.org and it's October 17th to the 19th of 2022. So make sure you register for that. And as we start today, we have a, and I'm really excited about this topic because we have two fantastic women that you get the opportunity to listen to today talk about a very innovative program, ministry, opportunity, experience that the Evangelical Free Church of America has, uh, well, they have developed, but EFCA is capitalizing on this to specifically provide theological training for women. And I, I am so excited about this because of the caliber of people that are involved, the caliber of women that are involved in this. And I know that you're going to be excited. You're going to want to tell everybody that you know who could potentially be a candidate for this about um, what we're going to talk about today. So I have two very special guests. And the first one is Gloria Grell. She is the director of what is called Prepared. The ministry that we're going to talk about today is called Prepared. And she's going to talk more about that in a moment. And she is has also served, I'll give you her bio in a minute, but she's also served as a professor at, uh, at Moody Bible Institute. And also with us is Dr. Pamela McRae who is currently a professor at Moody Bible Institute. She is a professor in the Department of Ministry to Women, as well as Ministry to Victims of Sexual Exploitation. And um, ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Chad. Thanks to be here. Thank so, you so much for having us. Let me just make a correction, if you don't mind. I've been an adjunct professor at Moody, so part-time there, but uh, just want to clarify that. It's uh, been a great time being there. Okay, and so Pam is my boss. Okay, so now we know the order here. So an adjunct professor, which you know, to the to the typical person, it's all kind of the same thing. I mean, you taught <laughs> classes, you just weren't on the you know, you didn't get the health benefits or whatever, right? Yeah, just, you weren't the, you weren't full time status, but you, but both of you uh, women obviously are are very accomplished, very uh, you know, you, you're accomplished in your fields. Gloria, let's start with you. Tell us just briefly about your background. Yeah, um, uh, my background grew up in actually the EFCA world, had the privilege of growing up in uh, uh, EFCA churches most of my growing up years in fir at First Free Fullerton uh, back in the days, and Wes Gustafson and Chuck Swindoll were pastors, and uh, through my family, through teaching there, heard the gospel so clearly, gave my life to Christ when I was uh, eight years old. But in those growing up years, one of the privileges and blessings I had uh, was to have pastors and teachers who instilled in me a love for God's word and helped me identify the gift of teaching God's word. 
And uh, concurrently, God really instilled in me a longing and a love to see women grow in their knowledge of the Lord, in their intimacy with Christ, in their knowledge of his word, and in their understanding that uh, they have a place in God's mission. And um, God provided opportunities for me, not only to um, be involved in ministry that way, but to be trained. It gave me the opportunity to go to uh, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School and um, then to be involved in ministry different ways, which has involved being a, a pastor's wife, leading ministry to women in a local church on a district level, um, being involved with uh, um, Reach Global uh, Women and um, directing ministry for them in a number of years back and um, ministering both overseas internationally and uh, in a variety of places in the States. And uh, then more recent years, have had the privilege of serving as the director of ministry to women for the Great Lakes District until about uh, almost two years ago, retired from that. And then as mentioned, adjunct professor at, at Moody. And uh, so just incredibly blessed with um, people that God had put in my life, the training opportunities, and then opportunities for serving him. That's great. Thank you for that. And so Pam, tell us a little bit about, about you. Well, um, actually, like Gloria, I grew up in a pastor's home, and so um, um, had love for the church right from the beginning. Thankfully, my, that's um, what I one of the blessings I got out of in being there. But I um, began studying scriptures seriously at a Christian boarding school with a great teacher who went on to be a professor at a seminary and was really my favorite teacher, best teacher of my life. And so the, um, then I went to Moody to study theology, and then my husband was a pastor, and we did church ministry for a long time, but always felt like the sweet spot of where I felt my giftedness um, when it came together with the convergence of God's opportunities for me to serve in areas of ministry to women really awakened my understanding that God had um, given me this um, concentration of interest and effort to equip women um, in, in biblical truth. So I was a part of a ministry that Moody Bible Institute had for many years of doing conferences for women around the country, um, which were more biblical um, teaching oriented. And then in the process of that um, was hired then to um, oversee and teach in the pastoral studies department in the area of ministry to women. And then, um, so have equipped women in ministry and uh, biblical studies for now, now I've been at Moody teaching for 18 years. Um, so, wow. yeah. That's fantastic. And what I love about both of your stories is, you know, it started a long time ago for you and people hadn't have invested in you and, and it's like, and then as you were growing in your own faith and your understanding and then awareness of your giftedness, God began to open up opportunities for you and has, uh, it's just, it's really cool to hear how, how both of you, you know, your, your journeys have, have brought you to where you are now. So I want to talk about specifically because both of you are involved in, in what uh, is called prepared Gloria, why? I, I, you are the founder of Prepared, correct? Well, 
Let's just say that uh, God put the seed in my head first, but it's really been a team effort founding it. Mm -hmm. And why did you, why did you start it? Yeah. Over the, I would say the last eight, nine years in opportunities I've had to come alongside women who are in ministry leadership, whether it was at Moody or with the Great Lakes District, the one question I kept hearing from women in ministry leadership was, uh, where can we get training? We would like training. How can we be trained to disciple? How can we be trained to teach God's word? Uh, we want to be trained to develop leadership teams. How do we do it? And seeing that longing and that need and really coming out of this um, growing commitment I've seen in women to, to give their lives to God's mission, to want to be a significant part of that for his kingdom. And also being aware at the same time that these women would not necessarily have the, the time because of stage of life or live in a location or have the finances to do a, um, a full training that Moody would offer or Trinity or um, some other uh, more traditional training programs would provide. And so um, God just kept putting the idea in my head, could we do something? And honestly, with COVID and the rise of Zoom, it was as if the Lord said, yeah, here's the means. And so uh, went to Pam and then Deb Hinkle has also been on our team. Deb Hinkle has been a professor at Lancaster Bible College in the area of women, um, in the major uh, women in ministry leadership for years. And also is the director of spiritual formation and family ministries at the Free Church in Hershey, Pennsylvania and went to the two of them and said, what do you think? And they, I wouldn't say they just, um, there was no pause for them. They jumped on it right away. Yeah. And uh, we began meeting and praying, brought it to Kevin Complin, uh, president of the EFCA. And uh, again, no pause, uh, jumped on it. And honestly, Tim, I tell people if we had had a clue as to what was involved, we probably never would have done it. Mm. But God has gone before us and provided everything needed and made the way um, possible in just abundant and miraculous ways, I would say. Yeah. And isn't that the way with all things that are worth doing? You know, you start out, you don't know how long, it, you know, you don't know exactly what's involved in it, but mm. you give yourself to it. Um, Pam, can you tell us a little bit about the I mean, what, what are we talking about here? So obviously this is theological, biblical training for women. What is, what does the program look like? Well, um, you know, when, when Gloria and Deb and I sat and talked about this, um, we had all done, um, you know, training in, in, in Bible colleges in the area of ministry to women. And so <clears throat> essentially we took um, curriculum and classwork that um, were in the, the programs, both at Lancaster Bible College. It's not Bible College anymore, though, is that? Yeah. It's, it, um, so um, Lancaster and um, Moody. And <laughs> um, so we had um, courses, um, um, and Gloria, you're gonna have to help me with this, but we had courses in the Theology of Women in Ministry Leadership. That's a foundation course. Um, do you have the courses of all the names? Yeah. Or you can probably read down the list 
That sure it starts with women, women in um, women as leaders in God's mission, and then goes to narrative overview of scripture to soul care of the ministry leader, and then uh, intro to hermeneutics, and then uh, course on as Pam mentioned theology of women in ministry leadership, intro to homiletics, um, and then uh, dis- disciple making in a post Christian culture. And one of my women in ministry to women in pain. And I'm not sure if I got all, t- oh, spiritual formation in ministry. And then um, the last course is the EFCA statement of faith. And so our, our goal was to really go not, not only theology, not only practice, but to bring both of those together and to bring them together. Uh, and bring in such a way that women are taking what they're learning in their courses and applying it to the areas in which they serve. Right. And part of the outcome of this is that when you, when a woman completes this, uh, she will be able to get a credential in EFCA. Yeah, she in. Um, I'll just clarify that she will have done the work that will enable her to take the next steps. We do offer um, uh, two optional modules on EFCA polity and EFCA history, which is required for the credentialing um, program or to be credentialed. And then the, the last course, the EFCA statement of faith, they will be doing the work that prepares them to uh, write the paper and go the next steps to be credentialed. So they don't come out with a credential, but they will have done what they need to prepare them for it. Which, and, you know, I mean, and that's no small thing. I mean, some, a lot of places, if you want to get an ordination or a credential or some type of certification that you are qualified to do ministry, you just go on the internet and, you know, I mean, that's what I did originally. I just, I got, I needed something quick and cause I was joining the air force. And so I flew to Fort Lauderdale for the weekend and these people, I didn't know they put hands on me and prayed for me and boom, it was done. But this is a different thing that we're talking about here. Um, this is like, uh, this is a two. This is a two-year program, right? I mean, it's just two years, and and um, the you are giving a rundown of the curriculum. This is serious stuff. We've got Bible study methods. We've got uh, exegesis. We've got spiritual formation. I mean, these are things that you're going to get in any seminary, any evangelical seminary in America, and yet the delivery system is through zoom through this through 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 you um you your your instructors and professors so it's a two-year system talk a little bit about i mean what is the you know because if if i'm listening to this i'm thinking okay well what are we talking about here i mean there's what does a typical week look like when you're in the program maybe pam you can answer that yeah you know um this one of the things that i think you hit on is that this is not um, academic in the way that it would be a full, like a three, you know, when I teach a theology class, it's three hour courses, but it's essentially taking the core issues and bringing it down so that um, it, for six weeks, each class is offered. It's two and a half hours um, of a Zoom class. And so we have women all over the country and world really, who have identified that they want some extra, some, some serious training 
and equipping. And so they do have coursework that, I mean, they have, you know, instead of six books to read, they have maybe one or two, they have um, papers to write, but they're um, not um, heavy, heavy. So we try to keep the um, engagement in their weekly um, assignments to be doable with just a couple hours of work outside of the class, not you know a heavy several hours a day. So it is um, it's scaled to be workable for women who are working full time in a church, who have kids at home, or who are busy with other things. And we have a scope of women from young women. Um, who are in their early 20s, who um, have an idea that this is where God is leading them. And we have women who are grandmothers who have the time to, um, to be involved in this kind of program. And one of the beauties is the interaction between the ages, the interaction between the involvement in ministry and um, you know, the, the relationship that they develop over taking class with each other for a full two year because they are cohorted up into groups that stay together for that full two years. Yeah, that's great. And so it's an experience that they get to go through together. So let me ask you this question. Um, I mean, obviously this is a program, it's it's it, it's targeted to women. So here's just a, a broad question I want, I want either one of you to go at. Why is it important? for women to learn theology? Why is it important for women to go through something like this? Because, and the reason I qualify that is, I mean, obviously for men and women, you know, it, it's, we could say it's important, but but we're you're trying to design something that's not necessarily, like it's not a seminary. Um, it's something for people who, who have, it's kind of like for the ordinary person, the person that's not going to be dedicating the next three years of their life full-time. Why is it important that the quote-unquote uh, average um, woman would uh, go through a program like this? I'll start, Pam, and then you go. <laughs> I love, by the way, you guys, no one can see this, but I love the way both of your faces just lit up <laughs> when I asked this. I went, okay, here we go. We want to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. You know, really, theology isn't something that happens just Sunday mornings in church. Theology and what we believe about who God is, about what he's done, about what he says, that affects our lives 24-7. And it, it is um, essential for women on for any number of reasons. I'll just start with this. You think about who teaches the kids theology. Who's teaching them theology out on the playground uh, when they're at a um, you know a mom's day out? Who's teaching them theology when um, they're getting home from school and it's mom there dealing with the talking with them with the issues that they're dealing in the day? Women in the workplace are dealing with theology all day long because what we do is a result of what we believe to be true about God. And so um, theology isn't just for, it's not just for the seminary grads. And, and what we want to see is to see women well-grounded, not only in these are the fundamental truths we need to know about God's word, we need to know about Jesus Christ, but to help them know how do they learn theology? How do they become theological thinkers? Uh, because it is going to influence what they do on a daily basis. It will influence how they do ministry. It is what will determine uh, whether they bear fruit that lasts or not. 
So Pam, I've started, you pick it up. This is your area. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, you know, I, I think that is such a great question because um, even when we talk about theology, it feels ominous and it feels heavy and it feels like um, that is a weighty topic that is reserved for certain people. But everything, we know everything is theological. Everything is theological. So men and women, boys and girls, all need to, to be mindful of um, theological engagement. And like you said, Tim, in, in many ways, many people don't know why, but, but we're here to tell them that what they believe about themselves, what they believe about God, what they believe about others, what they believe about the church, what they believe about the world is all deeply rooted in their theological perspective, the engagement that they have with what God says is true about all of that. And so we need to know what God said is, is true. We, we have thoughts, but typically our thoughts are, um, can be ill-formed and um, unconsciously um, assumed. And so we all need to come around and say, okay, take your thought, but weigh against um, biblical truth and um, let's help each other think rightly about all those things. Uh, so... It's great conversations. We have great conversations. <laughs> well, I can imagine that you do. And I, 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 both of you said this, but, um, you know, to the effect of women, uh, you know, whether, because there's multiple facets in life that women are going to be involved with in family, in their, in their jobs, in churches, whether in formal, informal um, positions in churches, you're doing, you're doing theology all day long. And, and, and so often you're in teaching roles and you're teaching, you're modeling. And so much of life is, is, is like a knot that you have to untie, right? Because it's so confusing. And what do we think about everything that we're seeing coming down the pike? How do we interpret the, 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 the culture and how we should understand things politically and what's going on socially and ethnically and all these things, how do you, what, what kind of framework do you have to be able to, to make sense of it all? And, um, you know, to me, what I was excited about this, cause I started thinking about this. I thought, you know, the more women can go through prepared from every, whether they're on staff at a church, whether they are, you know, working in some kind of organization or they're staying home with their kids or all of the above, the more women can go through this, the more we are going to have the opportunity for wisdom to prevail in our society, to, for wisdom to prevail in every nook and cranny of society, because you'll be able to, to see things clearly and not, and not fall into so much deception and just confusion that, that all of us are susceptible to. And that's not, I just get super fired up about thinking about um, uh, the, 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 the woman who doesn't, isn't, would never think of going to seminary or just like, that's just not a, a reality for me, but could have those tools to be able to take into her domains, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's really good. Yeah, exactly. I actually was just with one of our students not long ago, and uh, she was saying when she read about the program, she said it was like someone had written this just for her because she knew she she's on staff at a church. She knew she needed more. She wanted more. She's a lifelong learner. She was 
eager for more. She wanted she wanted to know what was being talked about when they talked about hermeneutics in you know staff meetings, and um, just hungry uh, for more. And she said, but she knew she couldn't do the seminary, and just time and life. And so this was, uh, she said, it was exactly what I thought I needed. But her comment was, you need to know this was so much more than what I thought. Um, I expected this and instead it's, it's grown my faith. I'm, I'm different person um, because of this. It's uh, transforming me. And so we just, I mean, this is what we want. We, we thank God for this. Um, because we know this isn't just going to make a difference in the lives of the women who are there, but this is going to then play out in their families, in those that they um, come alongside in church, in their ministry situations, whatever that may be. Yeah. And I guess that does raise the question, uh, you know, so who, when you think of the ideal person that should apply for this, who, who, I mean, what, what kind of, who, who should be really seriously considering going through prepared? Well, I think that um, there, I, I think that there are so many women um, who are in ministry positions who have come up through churches and are in places of serving that has been an outworking of their giftedness, but they haven't had the theological training. So, um, to be able to come and equip and support women who are um, serving in those capacities. A lot of times the women who are serving in leadership in church, either on staff or as lay people um, have, have um, more um, been identified by their giftedness rather than by credentialing in ways that often men um, are in positions. But there are a lot of women who have um, ministries that don't have a formal position also, but want training too. So when you think of the theological engagement, the the, um, the hermeneutics that would dig, be able to comfortably and confidently dig into scripture in ways that then take the classes like ministry to women in pain and be able to address issues um, that are concerning the women around them with the background to be more equipped to do that. I mean, that's just so that, so I'm saying that there are staff people, lay people, and then women who just know they need it for their everyday life. And um, so there's also a com component of being mentored by um, a woman who has expertise or an experience in ministry leadership in the past. So that component, of having a mentor when you're in the process of this educational program or prepared, but also serving, but to have somebody walk alongside of you for two years, oh my goodness, uh, every, everybody I know in ministry would have just given their right arm to have somebody to talk to regularly for two weeks about what they're doing. And um, I mean, I've served in church ministry for years and I can't tell you how many women say, if I'd only have somebody to, that had gone before me that knew what my life is like right now to, to help walk me through this, you know, that that would have been a companionship and, um, uh, and uh, you know, this, this deep relationship that I think we all just long for. 
You know, I you brought up a point that I had not thought about that is really, really profound, because in my experience as a pastor, we saw this all the time, that the track that men and women take who find themselves in vocational ministry is different oftentimes. <laughs> Because for for a lot of men, it's like it's like this calling they get really young in, in life, and there's an educational track. It's formal, and it's you know measured and it's affirmed along the way. But for so many women, it's more incidental from the standpoint of they they find them they're, they're an adult and they become they're they're the old faithful available teachable and they're you know they're available and they've got giftedness and somebody along the way says, hey, why don't you do this? Whatever that is. And it could be any number of positions. And I, I just remember that. I remember, you know, now that I'm a district superintendent, but being a senior pastor for 17 years, the amount of women that we would tap on the shoulder and go, like, we need someone to do this, like, now. And who do we have? Who do we have? And we're, like, desperate. Hey, she's she's available. Let's ask her. She seems like a great, you know, she's a godly woman. She's competent. But you're right. There was that there was that piece that was missing, and I'm thinking back if, if this had been in place back then, we could have used it to really elevate hers her understanding in a way that you know I already had going through seminary as a young person and just like you don't need to know all the 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 footnotes of everything but the basic broad strokes of what these subjects are. So I from a from a practical level. I think you really hit it on the head of how I think women tend to f- just kind of end up in these places and the, they're, they're like you said, they're identified by their giftedness and then the, th- and then, but they don't have the theological training to, to follow it up. And that could make them so much more effective as, as time goes on. I think that's really speaks to the, the relevancy and need for what you guys have, what you guys have started here. Well, if I can just say one other thing, I think that what I also notice is that it really, to me, I mean, I'm old enough to have seen the church through a lot of stages, and I think it's a move of the spirit that's new that is bringing men and women to serve together in the church, whereas in the past, both men and women have not um have not necessarily expected women to be serving in ministry and leadership. So as both women and men have not necessarily expected that. And the spirit is doing something. And we see this all over that women are in places now that they find themselves really eager for more equipping. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, I would agree with that a hundred percent. So really, you know, who should apply? And, I, and if, you know, if you're listening to this as a woman and there's, and you're listening to this right now and you're going, oh, I, like, yeah, like, that would be awesome. I think that that could be a stirring of the Holy Spirit that you should consider this. If you're a man listening to this you, and, and you got this, oh, this would be great for, you know, somebody in your life that you know on, on staff or in your, in your orbit, that's a, that's a female. Um, yeah, that, that could be, again, you could play a huge role in connecting them to, to this. So let's talk about a little more practical stuff too, because again, you know, for certain women that, you know, they, they've maybe they've been to college, they got, they got a degree or whatever, um, or maybe not, but it's been, maybe it's been a while since they've done, you know, any kind of, um, even semi-formal classroom kind of stuff. 
what they've, they've got a job, they've got responsibilities. What is the, what is the workload like? Do you find that it's less or more than the women tend to think it is? I would say that initially it was more than they thought it would be. We're learning to communicate that more clearly. We we state that they ought to figure around four to four and a half hours of homework a week. That's in addition to the two and a half hours in in the Zoom classroom. And um, and we want it to be clear that these aren't workshops that these are courses. We we know that as adult learners, they need to engage in the material themselves. And so that's the reason for, for the work. Um, we don't grade things, but we comment on them all. Um, we believe they're here. They know they're not going to walk out of here with letters behind their names. So they're not here for that. They're here to be equipped and they want to learn. And so we're not... Um, we're not as concerned about grades as we are helping them really understand, learn um, from the material and even be able to pass it on uh, to others. Uh, you said, who should, who should apply? Well, I would say if the Lord, if the Holy Spirit's tapping you, you should apply. Uh, as Pam said, we have women from twenties to seventies, a single married um, empty nesters, grandmas, young children, women who are paid staff at churches, part-time, full-time, um, volunteer, women with Reach Global, um, women in um, other nonprofit ministries, doing everything from children's ministries to youth, to women, to small groups, to connections. Um, it, it's the range. I think, what is it, Tim? Does the EFCA, is it 17 districts? Am I right in the FCA? Right. And I think with um, those now applying for our, our next program, I think we have uh, 14 of the districts represented wow. by women. And um, so, you know, it, if we even have women, um, we have a couple of women in the program who've done graduate work and they are coming back really for some of the more practical um, elements of, of the program. And they, they love to learn and they see the need. I would say one of the other things that draws women to it, Tim, is that traditionally men who are in pastoral ministry have had far more opportunities to, um, to gather with other men, with other ministry leaders, to be um, encouraged, equipped that way than women have had. Even um, it's not uncommon for us to hear stories from women who are on staff in churches and the men who are on staff are being mentored by the senior pastor, either intentionally or unintentionally it's happening, but that doesn't happen with the women on staff. And so one of the, the draws to the program is that they are moving through this with other women who understand the issues that, that they um, walk through as women in, in ministry. And so um, that mentoring is going on between each other. One woman said she's um, some of her, her um, I can't remember, her um, soulmates um, are women now that she is meeting on Zoom you know, in, in the breakout rooms as they talk um, through the course material. And then having that coach for them is, uh, is so important. So um, again, if, if, you're, if you're a woman in ministry leadership or you're just saying, we've got a couple women in the program now, um, not 
been education beyond high school. And they're saying, Lord, we, we want to be involved in your mission. And we think you're calling us to something. We don't know what it is, but we want to be equipped for it. So that's the range. Yeah. And, and you even said something really great there too. It's not like you even have to have it all figured out. It's, <laughs> it's this, this is what an educational journey often does. And I don't think people that when you, until you've gone on it, you don't really understand. Like if you set out to get a seminary degree or something like that and, or any, anything where you're, you're moving from one place to the other through a, through a, a journey, you don't always know what the outcome is going to be. And you don't have to have an outcome because as you're going through, you're getting mentoring, your, your, your world is going to open up. You're through relationships, through learning, through discovery of things that you didn't know. And you're going to learn things about yourself as you're learning things about the material. Cause what is God, who is God? And then what does he say about you? And then naturally that's just going to stimulate all kinds of thoughts and ideas. And so I, that, that's the question I would have for you. What are some of the, what have been some of the outcomes that you've seen, some of the stories that, that have emerged from women who've gone through prepared? I'll tell a couple. Yeah. I get, just because I'm the director, I get to get the emails from them. So I get to hear firsthand. Uh, uh, as I said, one t- uh, just recently talking about how this has grown her face so much. It's changing her head. Another um, woman who's in the program. And we've heard this from several, that this has been transformative for them. And uh, that it's not just what they're taking in their head, but it is God is transforming their lives. Part of what's going on, honestly, Tim, as they do their coursework in the different courses, uh, they are having to reflect on some of their own experiences, some of their own background. And God is using this to deal with things in their own lives that, you know, he's saying, now's the time, let's deal with this and prepare you further for ministry leadership. And so we're seeing transformation happen. We're um, seeing women take what they're learning and take it back. Uh, One, uh, giving a deciding the things that she learned in hermeneutics, she wanted to pass it on to those with whom she ministered. And so uh, provided that opportunity for them this last summer. Um, And we've heard that kind of story more than once. Children's ministry leaders taking what they're learning and saying, you know what, we need to pass this on to uh, those that are teaching kids. Um, I know one woman told of taking things she learned on handling conflict and brought it to her staff and said, you know, these are things we need to work through and can work and can learn from. So we're just hearing um, the, the stories of them taking what they're learning, letting God grow them and transform them. And then um, what we're really excited about is seeing them take this and use it in their ministries. Cause that's really, that's a major goal for all this. So, and, you know, and on that, as you were talking, you know, when we talk about outcomes and everything else and Pam, I want you to speak to this too, you know, in EFCA, we have, you know, we have a diversity of, because we are, our churches are, we're interdependent, but you know, we're self-governed. We don't have this top down kind of a thing. And so we allow for for people to have a variety of convictions on, you know, what women can do in regards to, you know, leadership in church and teaching and that sort of thing. 
um, is it, it just just to kind of help in the case there's a question that comes up. Is is there something in this material that is there like is there kind of is there an agenda behind any of this um, to try to put forth a certain type of philosophy? Or is, you know, how would you describe that? Because obviously this is, a, there's a lot of controversy here. Um, how does prepared approach the idea of the, of the diversity of understanding of, of women's roles in church? Um, I would say that, um, so I, um, like I said before, I do teach um, the theology of women in ministry leadership class. Mm-hmm. And so that would be a, certainly a place, not exclusively the place, but a place where um, this question comes up. And um, obviously, um, this is a foundational course because women um, want to know where um, scripture speaks to this issue, how it speaks to the issue. And for a lot of them, they're dealing with um, issues related to women in ministry leadership in their churches. And so um, we know that's true. We know that's true in our own churches. And um, so the way I could go about that is to present what um, both um, the position of um, complementarianism and the position of egalitarianism is. We need to know um, well um, those positions. We need to look at the, um, the, scripture passages that speak to the issues. So we go to all the salient ones and talk them through. Um, so we, um, so I teach um, on the passages um, and then we talk about practical application and um, help women work through that because they're dealing with it. They're teaching it themselves. They're having questions about it. And there are so also, as you would expect, our church is in conflict over this. Right. And so um, we, um, the way I teach that is to present um, all that, what I've just mentioned, and then um, they also hear what the free church's position is, and I don't try to sway them to, um, I, I'm, not, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in them. Um, doing the work themselves in scripture, talking in community with their churches, going to their um, leadership and having those conversations. And generally they have um, more informed questions and and have um, better conversations. So um, I have noticed and talked to ones in the program who um, it's um, helped in conversations with their leadership teams and their pastoral teams to have this kind of conversation. And um, as we'd like to see it, there's, you know, the sharpening of each other because of the equipping, the training, the biblical knowledge and biblical, just just even um, being able to, to know where um, positions are located. Why do certain people have certain um, positions and how is it that um, believers who are very interested and very concerned about the authority of scripture, how can they come to different positions? That's always mm-hmm. a conflict. And so we want to talk about that. So. I'm so glad that you answered that the way you did, because, because that I, what you're saying is 
the essence of what you're saying is that you're that you are presenting you're presenting both sides. You're educating the women on what the issues are because they're dealing with it in their churches. They're, I mean, every church I I can speak for EFCA West. We have 200 congregations. I know every single one of them has got this issue rolling around in there somewhere. And so the first thing we need to do when we're trying to find solutions, we have to define what it is that we're talking about. What do we mean when we say women in leadership? Well, and, and then how do we have a, um, how do we even get a pathway forward? How do we have understanding? And what you said was so important because, you know, I've, t- I've spoken with people that, that I might disagree with on their conclusion, but then I listened to how they came to their conclusion. I'm like, huh? Yeah. I could see how you'd think that. Like I could, in other words, like I could see the the rationale that led you to that conclusion. And I, I respect the thought and the care and the concern because when we so easy, we're so, uh, we, what we want to do so often is say, well, you, because you think this way, so therefore you don't care about the word of God or you don't care about people or you know, whatever the case is. And we just lob these kind of uh, value judgments on people as opposed to sitting down and thinking like, what is the logical problem? What are the scriptures that deal with this? What, how do we interpret them? Um, what are different ways of interpreting them? And like you said, letting them letting them um, kind of come to those conclusions. Because I think what's really important and what I want people to hear is that this program, this opportunity that you are offering is something that any woman in serving in any type of church can benefit from. It's not like, well, you need to be in a church that leans more egalitarian. You know, I mean, we're educating women here, right? This is really important. Like, this is, we don't live in Afghanistan. We want our women to know stuff. We want them to learn. It's good for the women in our society to be as educated as they can possibly be about biblical truth and theology and all of the current issues that roll around in that. So that's why that's I want people to know that, that there is there is a diversity of understanding of these issues in EFCA, but that shouldn't, I, there's nothing in your program that's going to make someone go, oh, I, I, that's, that, that's not for me. You know what I mean? In terms of, I wouldn't work in my church kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 Go up, Pam. Well, we live in an egalitarian society and so when women come into the church to have a theological position that is based in scripture of how we believe men and women work together without it diminishing men or women in any way, but having a true picture of um, how God has um, not only valued all of humanity, but has um, biblically gifted men and women with the spirit the gifts of the spirit um, without restriction to gender. So what does that look like if we're going to be faithful to apply that we believe that, but there is something unique about how God does order his church. And it cannot mean that men and women have a sense of greater agency in the church body. Mm-hmm. And so if there is something that makes it seem like the agency and the value is diminished, then we have to go back and say, what did God intend in passages? Because that can't be the outcome. It's not his heart for humanity to have that. So we've got to figure that out and be true to the scripture. Everybody in this conversation, I would say that most um, Christians who are seeking the spirit's guidance for understanding the scripture and seeking what God wants, want to get this right. Right. And they right. want to understand it. 
And so in an effort to do the right thing and believe the right thing, I'm looking at scripture when there's, you know, a question, we can't, like you said, just um, make some kind of ad hominem attack so that it shuts the conversation down and devalues somebody else's perspective because we're all in process and you don't know what point we're all at. And so as we grow together and learn together, these are conversations that are so important and we have to have grace with each other. But I like, I too, the, I like too the fact, though, that this prepared isn't about, I mean, that's a facet of this, but but the core of this is the theological training. It's the Bible study training. It's all of the, it's the exposition, the exegesis, all these things that are going to equip women. And see, what I get fired up about too, and I get excited when I think about this, is, you know, there is a lot of, you know, a lot of preachers out there, um, a lot of pastors, they get away with a lot of stuff, you know, and they, they because, well, they've been to school. And I, I just love the idea of of greater numbers of women from all walks of life being able to go, actually, um, you know, it's like the guy, it's like the guy from, um, oh, what's his name? You know, the guy from, this is a, t- I see I'm going off the rails here, but the guy from Parks and Recreation, when he walks into Lowe's and the guy says, can I help you? And he just says, I know more than you. And and there's like, there's this idea, Ron Swanson, that's it, Ron Swanson. But there's this idea of like the, you know, like, like an ordinary woman, you know, who is, doesn't have a ceremony degree and who's doing, can walk into church and go, you know what? I know certain foundational things and I'm able to evaluate on my own what is truth and falsehood. And I want to see that push. I want there to be a push in our churches for greater, attention to good, faithful, biblical uh, scholarship and stewardship and application of the word that's more effective. So so you just can't get away with getting up and saying something that sounds good, but really isn't accurate because you're going to get checked by people who know more than you think that they do. And um, But not only that, it's the, it's the idea of being able to implant that and transfer that. And Gloria, you talked about that. There's, there's women that actually take the stuff and then they're able to, they're able to give it to other people because you haven't you haven't trademarked it or copyrighted it in a sense where they're going to get in trouble if they start a group on their own or something when they get done with the program, right? Yeah, right. In fact, someone who's just applied asked if she, if it would be okay with us if she took what she learned through each course and brought it back to the other women on her leadership team. <laughs> That's exactly what we want you to do. So, yeah, let me just, if I could just add a comment to what Pam said and, and this whole discussion about, um, you know, in a sense, what's our aim? Our, our aim is not, it's not to change the theological position of individual churches, but if we can help the women and their brothers in ministry have the conversation and listen to each other and, and together say, let's look at scripture. What does scripture say? And let's figure out what God is calling us to do so that we labor and partner together so that every member of the body of Christ is using his or her gifts for the sake of, of growing the body into maturity and the sake of Christ's kingdom. And that's really our, our goal here. Our goal is not to say we want you all to be complementarian or we want you all to be egalitarian. Our goal is Christ's mission. And, um, and not to, we want the women to be able to engage in this conversation. They need to. And actually one of the pluses we've seen is, has been the conversations that they've had with pastors. And we've seen in several cases, they just need to have the conversation. Right. 
And the miscommunication, misunderstanding has happened because of lack of conversation. And, and, and they, yeah, and, they and the lack of, right, and the lack of, of, of common language, yeah. right? We don't know what exactly. we mean when we say these things. And so we yeah. have to first start with like that whole grammar rhetoric logic thing or grammar logic yeah. rhetoric thing. Like we have to start with those basic understandings, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I want to be killed because we've had the question asked us that we don't have a hidden agenda here. Right, right. And um, our our mission is our mission's a mission of the EFCA church. Uh, we want to see trans uh, churches. We want to now you can say the mission statement, Tim, right? <laughs> Better than I can. I'm putting you on the spot. No, that's fine. Uh, we want to see churches planted. And um, amongst all people, but I would add, we want to see all people engaged in that. We don't just want to see churches planted amongst all people. We want to see all people engaged in that, men and women, boys and girls, whatever their ethnicity, whatever their education. But God has given us the privilege to come alongside women and say, we want to help you. We want to help. You know what, Tim, what I want to see, I want to see more and more women say, I want to lay my life down for the, mm. for the mission of of uh, Christ's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And part of that is being well-equipped in order to do it well. And yeah. that's what we want to see. I, well, I love it. And, you know, you and I talked about this before. It's like, I get excited thinking about 52% of, you know, the population that is the, that is one side of the image of God, um, being able to, to raise the game, um, raise their game and, and raise the game in the church. It is great. So bringing it back into the urgency of the moment. So mm -hmm. the reason why I think the timing on this podcast is perfect is because we have a new cohort that's starting soon, right? We are taking applications now for two new cohorts that will start in January. Uh, one will have their, their uh, Zoom classes on Tuesday night. The other will have their Zoom classes Friday morning, depending on time zone in which you live. And um, so we're taking applications now. We do limit it to um, 26 for each program. And um, application deadline, oh, I should know this off the tip of my tongue, right? It's in November, but the sooner the better. Um, and where do they go to apply? Yeah, they can go to our website, which is prepared.ministries.efca.org. Um, and... Uh, the things they need to know are there, including our hand. They have access to the calendar, course calendar, to our handbook, the application, and what's involved in that. Well, so and we'll put that in the, yeah, we'll put it in the intro too on the, on the, on our podcast page. We'll put the uh -huh. link there, but it's important to know that. And then, you know, there is a cost associated with this because you do get what you pay for. So what is the cost? The cost for the um, entire program is $1,000. So that's for the 10 courses over the two years. And uh, um, so we're delighted that some of the churches are um, either paying the entire fee or part of the fee uh, for women from their churches to be in the program. Um, so uh, others are paying it on their own. Uh, they've uh, got a district covering a couple of our students, which is exciting. So, well, take it from a guy who I went to seminary twice, and a thousand bucks for all that 
you just can't, you cannot beat that. It's an amazing deal. I also want to say that EFCA West is so supportive of this that we are going to give out 10 scholarships. Now, we're not going to cover the whole thing because we believe you should have a little bit of skin in the game. But if you reach out to us, um, we would we want to cover up to half. So um, we will cover up to half the cost. EFCA West. So if you're a, if you are listening to this and you're an e, you're an in an EFCA West church, please contact us. We will help you, and we will give you a scholarship to for up the, to half the cost because we want you to go to this. We want you to be a part of it, and we're excited about what is happening here and the seeds of what is to come. And you, you know, you can't lose when you have more, when you have more people studying and learning and understanding the Bible and scripture and theology at a, at a sophisticated level, you just can't lose. The society can't lose and the church can't lose. So that's why I'm so, and I'm so grateful to both of you. I know that, you know, this is, you know, it's a thousand dollars. You guys aren't really getting any of that, as I understand. It goes towards materials. It goes maybe towards a little bit of a stipend for your time, but it's not like you're getting rich off of teaching, you know, this program, <laughs> um, you know, flying around in your little private jets or whatever because of this. This is a very affordable thing. It covers the costs of right. your, um, you know, the materials. It's very uh, modest. And so I know you're doing it because you believe in this and that's what's exciting. And I can tell you believe in it. So, um, in fact, Pam, you've got to go, you've got to go. You've, you're, you're like their faculty at Moody. You've got other things you've got to do. So we're going to, we're going to let both of you go, but any, any closing thoughts from you, Pam? You know what, Tim, I just am so um, thankful that you did this podcast, but also knowing that you're going to encourage women um, with the um, scholarship means that um, you really value what we do. And that means a lot. So thank you so much. I appreciate your support. Absolutely. No, I'm excited about it. And I really hope that we, I hope that women listening to this will take advantage of it because we are, we're all about it. I love, I love it to see the church, their local church get involved with it too. But like I said, we're ready. We're right. We're ready right now. 10 women, half the cost I will cover. So um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm super fired up. Gloria, any final thoughts from you? Well, I would echo Pam's words. Thank you so much, Tim, uh, for giving us this time to share about it. Thank you for your support. Uh, that that means a tremendous amount to us. And as Pam said, not just the verbal support, but really putting the money into it. That's a huge statement. And uh, not only to us, but it's a huge statement to the women in EFCA West. And it, it says that uh, they know that they've got a place in God's mission and you recognize that and you want to see them doing all they can. So thank you. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing how God continues to, I, I just, the, the potential of this to have uh, ripple effects far beyond our, our lifetime, our understanding um, generationally into the church and everything else is just, is so great. So thank you for being innovative. Thank you for being bold and courageous for doing this, for, uh, for laying down your lives for something so important as this. So we appreciate both of you. Thank you for being our guests on the EFCA West podcast and uh, can't wait to see what happens next. Mm-hmm.